Episode 33, Six Myths About Happiness We Need to Stop Believing. Hey, I'm Janelle Minow, and I'm obsessed with joy, fun, and helping you navigate this messy and magical thing called midlife. I'm a midlife plus woman who broke out of struggle, took a leap from my professional career, grew a successful business, found Mr. Right, and learned to love on purpose. I'm here to teach you the tried and true secrets to releasing what's keeping you stuck and struggling so you can build a joyful life you adore. Here we'll tackle the fun but sometimes hard things, money, business, career, relationships, health, purpose, love and loss are all topics we'll cover. So pull up a chair and welcome to the Joy, Self Mastery and Living a Limitless Life podcast. Life friends, welcome back to the podcast. I just want to take a second here to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening in. And I really hope that the topics that I'm sharing with you are helpful in your life, in your midlife journey. And I'd love to know any topics that you would want me to talk more about or to touch on. You are welcome to email me those and share anything you want to about the podcast. Just my email is Janelle at JanelleJJAI.com. So shoot me an email and let me know and leave me a review. I would love to have a review. So let's dive in. Today I want to share with you six myths about happiness that influence our perceptions and expectations. Nearly all of us buy into these, or at least some of these at some point in our life, either now or in the past. And it's important that we stop buying into these because continuing to believe them will actually deplete your overall joy. Science tells us that 50% of our happiness is genetic, 40% is controllable, and 10% is situational. But the good news is, is that we can change what is genetic and situational and make them all controllable if we want to. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that further down or further on in the podcast. So research doesn't appear to have any specific prescription for happiness. There's lots of tools for happiness and we can try them on and see which ones work for us as individuals. But what is certain is that our overall well-being in the four pillars of health that I talked about last week, physical health, mental health, emotional health, and spiritual health, totally influences the amount of joy and happiness that we experience in our everyday lives. It impacts how we deal with major moments in life, which can actually become opportunities for growth and meaningful change when we're in the right frame of mind, when we're elevated in those four areas of life. And they also build our resilience muscles, these moments. Even crisis moments can do this. They do it for people all the time. Our levels of joy and happiness aren't dependent on circumstances of our lives, but how we handle them. That's what really matters. So let's dive into these myths. The first myth that I want to talk about. Now, before I even start this, I want to say this: these six are obviously not an inclusive list. 
These are six that I see people struggle with all the time that I've struggled with myself in the past. So definitely not all inclusive, but very, very important. So the first myth I want to talk about is that happiness is constant. One of the most significant myths is that once you achieve happiness, it should remain constant. Whenever we put should into something, we already are stealing away our happiness. But in reality, happiness is often fleeting and it fluctuates over time due to various factors. Are things like our perspectives, our attitudes, how well we manage our thinking around the circumstances or the people in our lives. Additionally, there is a concept called hedonic adaptation. And this concept says that we tend to adapt to both positive and negative changes in our lives. This means that even positive events that initially bring happiness can become or do become the new normal in our life and their impact on our overall well-being decreases over time. Again, we can adjust this by how we think about it, right? It doesn't have to, it can still have a positive impact depending on how we choose to think about it. So for example, factors like buying a new home or getting a new job, the initial joy of achieving a goal or acquiring something new subsides and we look for new sources of happiness. I call this chasing happiness, but lasting happiness comes from internal factors that we have control over. Things like our thoughts, our beliefs, our emotional state, and knowing that we can choose any of these things. We're not stuck with what our brain offers you in any of these areas. You can choose something different. Negative thought patterns or cognitive biases, which are just the thinking patterns we've developed over time, can hinder our happiness, while positive thinking and gratitude enhance it. Life is filled with ups and downs, and these fluctuations are a natural part of our human experience. Happiness can coexist with moments of sadness and stress or challenges. For example, the joy and the fun that I experience in the time I spend with my husband or my kids and my grandkids, the enjoyment I get out of the connection, out of watching them play sports, out of seeing them engaged in something, or the family dinners that we have, or the dates that I have with my husband can totally coexist with the stress and the challenges that families can bring. And these low points don't mean that we are unhappy overall. They're just the ebb and flow of life. And when we're willing to experience discomfort and fear and uncertainty and some of those less, I want to say less optimal emotions, the ones that we don't want to feel as much, when we're willing to feel those, we can actually grow happier. Evolving goals and values also play a part. As our goals and values and priorities change over time, our definition of happiness may also shift. What brought happiness in one phase of life may not align with our aspirations or bring us happiness in this phase of life. So it's worth exploring that. It's worth asking yourself, 
Does this thing bring me happiness? Does this thought or this idea or this belief play into the values I have in my life and my life goals? Also, our willingness to explore personal growth and self-discovery often involves facing discomfort and challenges. These experiences can sometimes temporarily reduce happiness, but overall, they contribute to long-term well-being and fulfillment. So understanding that happiness is not a constant state allows us to approach it with more flexibility and adaptability. It encourages us to appreciate moments of joy when they come and to navigate unhappiness with the understanding that it is part of the broader emotional spectrum. Ultimately, the pursuit of a fulfilling life involves embracing the dynamic nature of happiness and learning to find joy in the journey rather than fixating on an unattainable constant state of happiness and joy. Okay, myth number two, happiness is about external success. Now, I always bought into this one, but, and I bet you do too, or have, but many of us believe that material success, things like wealth or fame or a high status job or a new home or a new car all lead to happiness. While these can contribute to well-being, they don't guarantee long-lasting happiness. In fact, they won't give you long-lasting happiness. So here's a few examples of some that I hear often and I've believed in my life. I'll be happy when I find the right person or marry the right person. It's not that finding the right person or getting married won't make us happy. For most people, it will. The problem is that it only makes us happy for as long as we think it will. Science says that we get a happiness boost for about two years from a marriage or a committed relationship. And then that hedonic effect hits and we, it starts becoming kind of mundane. It's the new normal, right? And we start thinking things in our head like, this isn't what I wanted it to be. Or who knows? There's a lot of things you could be thinking. But basically that there's something wrong with the relationship, wrong with us, or wrong with our partner. Another example is that I can't be happy when my relationship isn't what I want it to be. And the truth is, is that our relationships, all of them come from our mind, come from how we think about them. And despite popular belief, it only takes one person to change a relationship. I've seen this time and time again in my coaching practice. When we're aware of who we're being in the relationship and let loose of what I call our manuals that we have for other people and for ourselves, our relationships improve. We grow and so does our happiness. A healthy mind is important to overall happiness. There are so many of these examples of believing external circumstances, I can't get the word out I guess today, will create our happiness. Again, things like money or how much we weigh or a health diagnosis. But what is true in every case is when circumstances are different, most of us only experience that happiness high for a while. It's the dopamine hit, right? And what research tells us is that we have the power to decide what our experiences are or aren't. We decide if they are happy experiences or not happy experiences. We can choose that. 
every minute of the day, you choose to pay attention to some things and you choose to ignore some things or overlook things or suppress things or withdraw from things. And what you choose to focus on becomes part of your life and the rest falls away. So you may have a chronic illness, for example, and you can spend most of your days dwelling on the what ifs and what you're going to lose out on, or you can spend your days focusing on healing, on creating more connection and joy in your life and connecting to a spiritual side. We can change our lives simply by changing our attitudes of our mind. We can always choose what we want to think. Myth number three. You can't change your happiness set point. So we all have a happiness set point. It's like a baseline level of happiness that we all gravitate towards regardless of life's ups and downs. And as I mentioned earlier, most of this is genetic and some isn't, but either way it can be changed. Research in positive psychology has shown that we can actively increase our happiness through various strategies and interventions. Some ways you do this are becoming the watcher of your mind, taking responsibility for your thoughts and feelings, being willing to feel feelings, practicing gratitude, reflecting on three good things in your day. Savoring is another way. I love this one. It's taking a moment to fully appreciate a positive experience. It can be one from the past or one from the present, but it's engaging all of your senses and immersing yourself in that moment, whether it's savoring a meal or a beautiful sunset or a joyful event. I love doing this with the trip that we took with the grandkids and kids last year. That was, I did it as we were there at the beach and I've done it many, many times since we've been home. I go back in time in my mind and I just think of those experiences, those images that I have, and I savor them. It's such a wonderful experience. And there are so many other ways, but creating your joy practice and committing to that practice is going to alternate your joy set point. The fourth myth is that happiness requires a problem-free life. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Actually, I don't think it would be so wonderful. But believing that a happy life is free of challenges or setbacks is unrealistic. As I said before, happiness coexists with life's up and downs. When we change our perspective and get curious and are willing to learn and grow from our experiences, we experience greater joy. When we think of things as a problem, we get one set of outcomes. And when we think of it as an adventure, we get a whole nother set. So we can always choose our perspective and our experience. Asking yourself questions like, what could I learn from this? Or what could I think or believe instead will help you grow? Finding new beliefs and finding evidence for them will also help you grow and change your set point. Okay. The fifth myth is the idea that being highly productive leads to happiness. 
And this is a concept that can be considered a happiness myth because it oversimplifies relationship between productivity and happiness. While productivity can contribute to a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction, it is not a guaranteed path to long-lasting happiness. There's a crucial difference between being productive and overworking. The myth often promotes the idea that the more you work and accomplish, the happier you'll be. However, overworking can lead to burnout, stress, and unhappiness. It's essential to strike a balance here. Additionally, the happiness derived from productivity often depends on the motivation behind it. If you're solely motivated by external factors like money, recognition, or social expectations, the happiness you gain might be short-lived and you'll always be chasing it. In contrast, pursuing goals intrinsically motivated by a passion and personal values is more likely to lead to happiness, to long-lasting happiness. An obsession with productivity can lead to neglecting other critical aspects of well-being, such as physical health, mental health, and relationships. Overemphasizing productivity may result in narrow focus that excludes other sources of happiness. So when we're always in this, I've got to get this done, I've got to get this done, I've got to get this done, we're not allowing all the other goodness to come into us. We're so hyper-focused on the productivity. Also, the pursuit of productivity can sometimes lead to perfectionism, where we set unrealistic standards for ourselves. Constantly striving for perfection can lead to frustration and anxiety and dissatisfaction rather than happiness. When your happiness is constantly tied to achievement and external approval, it becomes fragile and can be easily disrupted. What you're being productive about also matters. If your productivity is focused on tasks or goals that align with your values and passions, it's more likely to contribute to happiness. So that's why it's so important to make those connections between our values and our goals and what we're trying to achieve, our dreams. If you're simply being busy, we've all heard of this, right? Busyness is an act of, what's the saying? Busyness is an act of honor or something like that. I'm not getting it right, but I think you've probably heard that saying before. Without the clear sense of purpose or to prove your worthiness, it's not going to lead to the same level of satisfaction. So look at your motives behind the productivity. In essence, while productivity can bring a sense of accomplishment and contribute to happiness when pursued in a healthy, balanced way, the myth lies in the belief that constant productivity alone guarantees lasting happiness. In reality, happiness is multifaceted and influenced by various factors, including relationships, well-being, personal values, and a sense of purpose. Redefining your definition of what productivity means for you and finding evidence for that while balancing productivity with these other elements is essential for achieving a more well-rounded and sustainable form of happiness and joy. All right, the last one, myth number six. This one I want to share is that happiness is a solo journey. Sometimes people think they can achieve happiness in isolation and actually believe that that's easier. 
right? If we don't have other people around us, then things could be much easier. If my husband or my kids or this event or whatever it is wasn't there, then it could be easier. But in reality, strong social connections and meaningful relationships are essential for well-being. Humans are inherently social creatures. From early in our evolutionary history, we have relied on social bonds and cooperation for survival and thriving. Our brains are wired to seek connection and interact with others. Meaningful relationships provide emotional support during both challenging times and moments of celebration. Having somebody to talk to, to share experiences with, and lean on can significantly boost emotional well-being. Being part of a community or having close relationships creates a sense of belonging. This feeling of being connected to others can provide a strong sense of identity and purpose contributing to happiness. Happiness is often amplified when shared with others. Celebrating achievements or special moments and even simple daily pleasures with friends and loved ones enhances the positive emotion we feel and contributes to our overall health in the four pillars I mentioned earlier. Strong social connections can improve resilience, provide resilience in the face of adversity. When you have a support system, it's easier to navigate challenging times. It's easier to cope with stress and to bounce back from setbacks. So recognizing and debunking these myths can help you pursue a more realistic and fulfilling path to happiness. Achieving and maintaining happiness requires effort and commitment. It's not a passive enjoyment, but an actively engaging practice. Sustainable happiness is achieved through a balance of pleasure, engagement, and meaning, not by making things outside of ourselves responsible for our happiness. So there you have it. I hope you spend some time thinking about which of these myths are impacting your life and how changing your belief around them can increase your overall joy and happiness and satisfaction in life, how it can actually move you forward in your journey to whatever it is that you want to achieve. So thanks for being here. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. Hey friends, I have a tool that will help you experience greater joy and happiness in your life. It's called the Midlife Compass. Three simple steps to amplify joy and fulfillment in your life. And you can get it by going to tinyurl.com forward slash midlife compass. I'm over here celebrating you because you just finished another episode of the Joy, Self Mastery, and Living a Limitless Life podcast. Thanks for listening. If you got value from this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And we can help even more people just like you. Now, go out and live your limitless life.